Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. And I'm not too loud. No, perfect, perfect. In real life, that I get told that quite a lot as well. I know, same. <laughs> but you still talking, eh? <laughs> Hence why I made a podcast. I know. Do you know what? It's the perfect. It's the perfect thing, isn't it? If you if you like to talk, having a podcast. Totally. I was I was actually thinking of doing something like this myself for, for a for a long time, like year. Mm. But it's one of those things. It's like you just have to really dedicate to it. I think and, and, and try and you know yeah. put a bit of time into it. You do need to put time into it. That's the thing. You know, it's. Yeah, I mean, this was an attempt at a hobby. As you'll know yourself, working for yourself just becomes all-consuming. I know, I know. It's Well, it gives you it's something else in it, and you get to, it's, it's very rare in this business you get to reach out to other artists and other musicians or actors or whatever. So it's, you know, it's good to connect because it is a very solitary, it can be a very, unless you're actually in it, in a company, it can be a very solitary thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you're working alongside people and you don't really get to like ask them all the questions like, so where did you grow up? And, you know, and like actually find out things. I mean, I've interviewed people that I've known for years and then they tell me something. I'm like, what? You're a joke? It's mental. Yeah. But um, I will say we have started recording and this is lovely because this is how I normally do it. I have a very casual start. Well, I was going to say, I didn't even know it started, so that's cool. Right. Get my, I need to get my uh, my proper Your voice radio. on now, yeah, my radio voice. Yeah. Radio voice. Um, and I will say that this is my first remote podcast recording, and I'm with the very talented Dan Healy. Hey, Yay. how you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. We were going to do this in real life. Yeah, well, that was the thing, wasn't it? It was, it was going to be probably June time when I was up with the show at the Kings. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, just circumstances have changed and, you know, no one thought we were going to be in this uh, oh this God, position no. at the moment. So, but here we are, we're all here together. So it's, you know, make the most of it. But. And, you know, being my first re- remote podcast, um, I had to go the whole hog and interview somebody who's not even in the country. <laughs> I know, I know. I literally, well, the thing is, I literally, like, uh, I was... I was going to be in the. I was very nearly in the country, but my, my girlfriend uh, is from Bucharest, so mm-hmm. so basically, I just like I looked at the flights. I think it was a flight from Glasgow. It was like five hundred quid. I was like, I don't know. Um, looked in Edinburgh. It was a flight for forty quid. Going to Edinburgh, it was the last, literally the last Ryanair flight out of the UK. Literally bought that, took everything. Like took my mics, took my computer, everything I could possibly fit into a couple of suitcases. I took and just went. I'm going to be here for a, a couple of months, probably at least. So. Um, so yeah, you're safe and you're well, and you're isolating with somebody that you love. Well, that's well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I could isolate with my mom and dad, but I was, you know, as much as I love them, it's you know, it's a different vibe in it, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, for somebody who is probably not at home a lot, yeah, that would have been a bit of an odd one. Yeah, it's a bit kind of you know, and you start to fit into those roles, don't you, when you're sixteen and. You know, you quite easily that. slip back into that, but um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind uh, getting like my dinners made and that for me. That well, that nice, but <laughs> well, that you know, don't get me wrong. Mum and dad are great. Actually, they're they're, they're actually more like my pals than than mom I get that impression people. from your like social media and stuff. Yeah, no, no, they're they're amazing. I'm 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 doing them a disservice there. I think a wee bit because they, <laughs> they they are uh, they are brilliant. You know, I just couldn't be without Andrea for 
however long it was going to be. Who knows how long it was going to be? So I had to take take the chance and totally. get get over oh, here. So, yeah. So yeah. So I will say that Dan, you are a man of many talents. I mean, that's putting it mildly. Uh, well, I just I, I kind of like um. I just get bored quite easy, you know. <laughs> I'm your pal. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, you just need to start learning new things. You know, you're doing the podcast and you got your dance thing and the acting <laughs> thing and singing thing. And yeah. It's, it's just like, it, it, it's weird because I've always done done both. Like, I've always had, like, acting, music, writing okay. songs. Um, I've always done both. So it's never been, like, you, you know, and it was never like, oh, I should do that, I should do that. It was, it was just something that I did, you know. Yeah. Um, so growing up was music and acting something that was already in your family with somebody else doing it for you to then go, I, I want to be part of that world. Yeah, it was it was my, my, my dad. My dad really my dad's a really good singer, songwriter, guitarist. That kinda inspired me probably when I'm when I was young, but I was into musical theatre when I was young as well. And you know, I'm not so much I mean, I've not been into musical theatre for a for a long time, probably since I was like fourteen, fifteen really. Um I kinda went off the musical theatre thing went more into acting on its yeah. own and then music on its own. So mm. so doing once and a couple of other things that I've done has been amazing because I never expected to do them both at the same time. So and once was like the perfect oh, role. Really. Yeah. I was basically playing myself in, in a lot of ways, you know. Except, so <laughs> you couldn't have get you couldn't have really get a better role. So So where were you growing up? Uh, Alexandria. Alexandria. Just next to Balak. So And was like the guitar, your first instrument then? No, actually, first first instrument was uh, first instrument was was piano. But I, I was I, I went to like a classical teacher, and I wasn't really, you know, it was like I loved music, but it was like I didn't like hard work. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so I didn't want to sit and learn piano and all that stuff. But I think it was mainly like I just remember in school. I think other guys started to pick up the guitar, you know, and the girls were a little bit like, hmm, you know, and I was like, ready to get some of that action, you know, my. my my dad's got like so many guitars lying about the house, you know. So I, I just, I don't know. I, pick, I, pick, I picked it up pretty quick. I mean, I picked it up, yeah. like, I started learning. I just remember, like, even my fingers now are still, they can't really see it, but they're, yeah, just like iron now. But I remember, I remember when I first started learning, like, fingers bleeding and all that stuff. But it was. Sure. But so it, you, did you get like official lessons or was your dad kind of showing you stuff? No, and my dad, my dad showed me some, some stuff and then, and then I just started picking stuff up more as you do you learn the kind of the basics and then you just got you know because i was into green day and offspring and, and and all those kind of bands so so i started learning all that like nirvana green day and that's because my dad didn't really know that stuff me he likes green day but he didn't he was more into the beatles and all that stuff which i, yeah. I always loved the beatles but like because my dad was so into it like i didn't really appreciate it growing up it was only later that i would get really into the beatles you know um and now now like most people i'm obsessed but so, so then the acting side of things, was that something that was encouraged at school or where did your kind of interest in that come from? Uh, I don't, I don't really know. I remember like, I remember being in primary school, I did Oliver and then the Mummers, do you remember the Mummers Theatre Group in Clyde Bank? I think, I think they're still probably going. The, the Mummers, they were quite, I don't want to say high end, but you know, quite quite a good amateur theatre group, you know, mm-hmm. you put put stuff on in, big, in bigger theatres and stuff like that. But they they did. I think they did all of it as well. And I think okay. after I did it in school, I think my mom had probably seen it and says, "Look, do you want to audition for that?" And I think I auditioned for that, and I got didn't initially get the part. I don't think, but I think the kid who did it, they picked him because they, like he was quite really really cute and you know like that had that kind of Oliverish kind of look. But he couldn't really do the role. I don't think uh-huh. so. So I ended up. So you got to then, play Oliver. 
got to play Oliver in that. So that was the first, <laughs> the first role that I did was, please, sir, can I have some more? So <laughs> I was Joseph and Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Really? Then. I was actually really? Joseph. So you can imagine how popular I was with the primary seven boys who were all playing the brothers. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Not good. What? It's not good for your street cred. It was a little, a little bit ahead of its time, that, you know. I know, by the way. Because <laughs> actually, I recently like did the choreography for it for a, an operatic society. And I was like, just saying, if you need a stand in, I still remember all the words. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think I auditioned for for Joseph as well. I think I think I auditioned for Joseph. I think it was like in some another amateur theatre group when I was young. I think it was yeah. like Helensboro or something like that. I know I'm biased because I work for one of the companies, but like the work that goes into some of these Amdram groups, unbelievable. You know the stuff that I'm seeing is awesome. Well, I I did something for the you you know the Apollo players. Yes, I did something for I, I did Big. You know they did Big the musical. Yeah, um, the Big the musical's out now. But, mm-hmm. but we did the amateur, the, the world premiere outside Broadway was the Apollo players that did it. But it was an amateur yeah, show, which was, I played the young Josh, the young kid in it when I was, yeah, when I was yeah. a kid. But that's, I mean, it's, as you say, the, the produ- I just remember the production values and that, even now, they really stand up, you know? Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. And they put their well, time all the time for free and they have carpenters yeah. who donate their time and, you know. I guess there's a lot of people who have maybe trained, but then not taking on as a career. So it's like, you know, yeah. the quality there. But you know they just for whatever reason haven't gone into the to the the business. Well, it's just a hard thing, isn't it? and it's it's hard to practice it. You know, mm. it's like guitar. I can sit down and I can like I can sit and I can practice by myself. You know, acting yeah. and acting in musical theatre, you can't really practice it so much by yourself. You know what I mean? You can sing a song, but you can't do, you can't do a scene by yourself. You know, and not in self isolation. <laughs> Unless you recorded one of the parts, and then you can. Uh, you know, you kind of like started improvising around the other lines, but it's but it's one of those things that you do have to keep your hand in, you know, mm. practicing. So I, I don't um, have anything against, you know, people putting something on and, and regardless yeah. if it's professional or amateur or whatever, mm. it's just, it's still entertainment in it, you know what I mean? And of it's, course. So what uh, was the impetus for you to then pursue a career in music and acting? Was that just always the plan? Uh, I just wasn't really that good at anything else, I don't think. I was really, I was like not a good uh, student. Like failed all my exams, and not because I was not because I was particularly stupid. I just, I just wasn't interested in it to be honest. And you know, I just that's all I really wanted to do was just mm-hmm. it was something. It was definitely music wise was the thing. And I was getting good parts and stuff when I was when I was like eighteen, nineteen. I was, I was doing things like Taggart and I'd done a few films and different bits yeah. of pop. So I was on, I was on that kind of acting journey as well. I wish I'd stuck in it a wee bit to a certain extent, but you know. It didn't really. Now I'm glad I did what I did because it, yeah, of course you know, that's your path. Yeah, you know, and it's a, thing- a shame at the, at the time because people sort of you, you do get a hard time off, you know, teachers and, and especially you know I'm I'm 33, but especially I think maybe it's changed to a certain extent. Though I think um, intelligence is, you know, they, they try and measure it in a certain a certain way. You know, and there's all sorts of intelligence. There's you can be streetwise, you can be, you know, yeah, you can be good at mass, or you know, you can read people really well. You can be musically talented. So there's so many different aspects to it. I think it's like trying to trying to cater more for people's individuality. But I think the job for people who teach is trying to not be so regimented about how they teach and try and cater that. Yeah. Each in style to the individual, you know, it's like yeah, it's like that graphic, like get it right for every child, which is now more of a focus, I think, than maybe it was 
when yeah. you and I would have I mean I'm older than you but you know it, like it seems like things have definitely moved on I think like then you know I remember the school like there was literally guitars in there with four strings on them and two strings on them and things like so that and it was like it was like you think about that I mean it's just terrible you know how are you supposed to learn on that or grow and in those systems and I remember like I actually failed a songwriting module in music because I didn't put a solo in the thing so it's this regimented way of teaching you know what I mean and it's which is crazy now th- like, what I'm, what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah and I mean it's nothing against the school you know what I mean but I just it's like you know, these systems change, yeah, think, you know, hopefully. They definitely do, yeah. Like, I mean, I work in high schools now, um, you know, in terms of dance and PE, and that's obviously been taken far more seriously with higher dance and stuff. Whereas when I was at school, it, dance was a thing I did out of school. Nobody even knew that I danced, really. Same. You know? Well, not, yeah. not dancing for me, but, you know, but yeah. other stuff, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. You kept yeah. that secret, really, didn't you, if you could? So who was it? people at home that were encouraging you to to pursue your total passion then i think like i was i was like i don't want to say i was spoiled but i was i was an only child and mom and dad were my mom and dad were very open you know like i tried everything you know what i mean i tried i was always trying different things and um you know i I played ice hockey when i was young i did you know a lot of skating actually i I skated a lot funny enough i I still it's funny because i don't ever tell people but when i when i hit the ice now it's like people people are like what the you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was all right at it. I was pretty good at it when I was young, but like proper like speed skating and all that. Well, I did I did figure skating when I was really young. Me so... too, but I only got two badges and then I. Oh really? Did yeah. you go to the summit? The summit centre? No, it was the Hamilton Ice Rink. Oh Hamilton, I went there a couple of times. But no, I, I played. So I, I did. Um, I did figure skating, and then I think I, I was getting into that age where I was a little bit like, oh, it's you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started playing ice hockey. I think more through like like peer pressure in a way probably and i just started uh playing ice hockey and i just skated just for for fun and street skating and street hockey and all that stuff so i was skating a lot you know so i had that 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 thing i had so many different hobbies and stuff my mum and dad always encouraged everything they weren't like showbiz parents you know what i mean you know certain parents are like oh my boys he's the most talented boy you know it's like my mum and my mum and dad sort of they did think that but also they, they knew like i wasn't perfect either you know so so I was good. I had a good, a good upbringing in that sense. Uh, yeah, of course. So it was, um, it was up to me, really. I think that that was just it. that's the only thing that really stuck that became a real passion yeah. was, was was music. I mean, I was writing, I was writing from when I was yeah high, you know. So so were you gigging and stuff like as a young adult? Like yeah, so so I can't. I was in a. It was funny because because some people I say this to some people and they go, "What was that you?" And then some people just go, "I don't have a clue what you're talking about," but um. I was <laughs> I was in a band when I was young called uh, Eocene and uh, we done really really well like very very quick it was like maybe six or six to eight months we were like properly gigging in Glasgow and around and we went everywhere toured everywhere and we sold the like we sold the Barrowlands out like within like eight months you know and even wow. at, even at the time we had in MySpace we had something like sixty thousand followers then on MySpace you know and I didn't really know that that was a big deal. Did you know what I mean? It was at the yeah. time I was just like, ah, doing your thing. Well, you're just young, you know, and especially when you're caught up in that sort of wave of youth that that, and it's got that energy to it, and that you know, it's very infectious, and people yes. gravitate towards it, and it's like it's almost like you know, I don't want to say like in like the Beatles, but it's like a small, you know, minuscule version yeah. of that. It got really totally. big really quick, and we started selling out, and 
but it all kind of fell it all it all just kind of fell apart really um pretty quick basically what happened was i met a girl and then i got really really sick actually i got very very ill at one point i was in the hospital for like two weeks i had like this kind of quincy throat type infection in my throat wow. and uh i had this big falling out with one of the guys in the band because they they were like, oh, we want you to pl- you know come and play this gig. It turned out it wasn't the right gig. And at the time, I just I was like, you know what? I'll just do this myself. It's my songs anyway. I'll just do okay, it. So were you were the front man? Yeah, yeah, song songwriter yeah. and singer and stuff. But at the time, yeah. what I didn't realize in my sort of youth was that if you go out and you abandon the band, you know, in that thing of of what the band, because it's you know it would be like something like. You know, you know, imagine at the time the Beatles were just becoming big and then John Lennon went, oh, you know what, I'll just do this myself. And he would, he would just, one song or something, then, you know, people would. Yeah. Unless you had something else. It, was, it wasn't, what I didn't realise, it wasn't about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was about that whole thing. So yeah. it all kind of fell you apart. Live, you you know. live and learn, but do you know what I mean? Like the, well, the journey it. you're on now, you're like, well, that would maybe not have happened the way it has. Yeah, I know. and it's But it is interesting because, I mean, uh I mean, after that, you know, I, I did my own thing for a while and toured a lot and, and started to get a bit of, bit of something again. And I got a guy, uh, this manager, he uh, he kind of started to kind of believe in me and my music, started to push it to radio stations and stuff like that. And then um, he died. So that was, that was a, I mean, it was terrible. Obviously, my career is secondary to his, you know, to what he went through. But um, it was a big blow, I think, at the time. It was like a 19 year old kid and you know had been through all this with the music and ups and downs and the first guy that believes me ends up you know passing away and then um so, so that's when i kind of started acting again really right. long, long story short that's 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 when i started getting back, and back into the acting on so, stage tv or a bit of a mix well i went to london after that so i, I auditioned for a drama school in london okay. like i didn't even know what drama school was at the time actually i just it was one of those i was that was actually when i was about 20 so like, I opened like the first page at Contacts and it was like uh, the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts. So it was Aura, the school Aura in London. Phoned them up and they said, look, we've got a, a dance and drama award, one place left. They says, do you want, you know, you can come down. The edition's like March, whenever it was. Um, went down. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I, it was a Shakespeare piece and a Shakespeare piece and a contemporary piece. And I think I'd learned it on the train going down i don't even know i literally didn't even know what this was i thought it was just like a course you know like a, a college course right. or something and done it and made it and in fact i made half the speech up on the spot resourceful that's good yeah i know i just improvising shakespeare but yeah so i ended up getting into this school and that was it and then moved to london and and how like how was your time there did you enjoy it yeah i mean it, it was great L- london was london i have i have a love hate definitely with london you know i don't i don't think you necessarily have to be there Nowadays, okay. especially with stuff like this and, and music, and and you don't have to be there now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's I think it's a great place, but it's also you know it's not the place it once was. I think for a, a lot of things, you know, you can still go to you can go to drama school in Glasgow, or you can go to drama school, and or I mean, most of the good music doesn't come from London. It always originates in some other part of the UK, and then it kind of goes to London yeah, after sure. it's got a. It's got a bit of a following, but I think you know. As a, yeah, I mean, songwriters and stuff. It is good to be in London because you know there's a lot of like my my publisher, like they're based in London and New York and LA and Nashville. So it's all the big kind of writing cities. You know, it's a good place to be for that. But I don't think it's. I say it's not what it's cracked up to be. So for you, was it always about being on stage, or you know that that idea of writing music for other people? Was that something that you were quite comfortable in? doing because obviously i know you have written for other people as well yeah 
is it the on stage buzz that you kind of were seeking? It's it's changed over the years for sure. I mean, as I, as I've gotten older, like I do enjoy being on stage and performing. I do, I do, but only in certain ways now. You know, it's like if it's if it's sort of like like even even doing the the tour of once there. Like I had I had sort of I got to a point where I think in life you get to a point where you like in, in once you've done it and once you've experienced it, like it's it's hard to go back and sort of try and recreate the magic of it. And that's, I think I did this too. Like I did this version of once it was always my dream to do once, you know, and I went back and I did it in, in the new Wolsey and, you know, and then the tour came up, which was fantastic. And obviously the money was great and all that, but it was hard for me to sort of, if I'm being honest, it was, it was kind of hard for me to enjoy it. Like, really, it's, I mean, it was, I had these great moments, but when I, when I'm sitting writing, Right, writing something and I'm, mm-hmm. it's from me you know it's truly like from from myself like I find that much more satisfying you know than than, than standing on the stage and saying someone else's words or you know yeah. and, and I enjoy acting I mean I, I still I still really enjoy acting but it also messes with my head too much right, okay. I get I get too into it you know it's like <laughs> you're a method actor are you I don't I, I don't think I'm mean to be but like I don't uh-huh. think I don't think I'm necessarily oh I'm met, you know but you know, I do you massively care about the role and exactly. what to nail it. Exactly, I care about. It. I think that's the thing. And like when I, when I'm in that place of like, be, it, it, it once was a really difficult show for me. A lot of guys could do that role and just come off and be completely fine. I was like, mm. like standing like tears streaming down my face every night, and you know what I mean. So going through that every night, eight shows a week, is a wonderful opportunity. Amazing. Anyone would die for that opportunity to, to be to do in that role, but it it was difficult. For me, yeah, just you know, to your sure. like, you need to look after yourself. Well, definitely, definitely. You're but through that roller coaster of emotions, it's <laughs> <laughs> a, a hard one, man. Especially because I think it related so much to my life. Just from that's only for me personally. I mean, you know, I, I've, I think you know, oh, I love acting. I really, I mean, I God, I'd, I'd still there's certain things I'd, I'd still love to do. There's always things you want to do and things you want to pursue as an actor, but it's a it's, it's a hard it's a hard game, you know. It, and it's with music at least you've got that real sense of sharing yeah you know you've got that like you know that you really can like it's amazing like even like this week just writing with different people i've been writing from people with from from nashville from la um guy in uh, northern ireland jason clark he's an amazing singer songwriter i've actually wrote, written a really really special uh song with him and it's uh what well, can I, I can't really say too much at the moment because it's it's still in, in in the works, but it's going to be a I think it's going to be a charity song for um, NHS workers and amazing and, uh, and people on the front line at the moment. So um, awesome! So it's really really good. You know, it's it's amazing how much creativity has came out of this crazy situation. You know, that's so true. Actually, um, like it's insp- you know hopefully it's inspiring people to to maybe pick up an instrument that they've not used in a while or definitely pen to paper. You just never know that what a time like this could inspire. I know, and, and you know, it's dead easy to get lazy with this stuff. And when there's nothing else to do, you know, there's no excuse, you know what I mean? You, you, need, to, you need to go and... True story. Create stuff, you know? So that's, know, that's kind of what I've been doing the past few weeks, you know? I'm actually waiting on a phone call from my dad to say, have you picked up the guitar? And usually I've got a, a good excuse, like, no, I'm working, I'm too busy, or... But now... <laughs> oh, definitely. There's not much definitely. of an excuse. Yeah, so what is your creative process? Uh, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> it's such a. I mean, for for re- songwriting, you know, songwriting it can really vary. Um, I'd say it depends. It depends. You know, um, at the moment, at the moment, I'm, I'm kind of lucky in that sense because I've got 
uh, I've got a publisher who basically sends me briefs and says, look, we need a song for X, Y, Z. Says, do you have anything like that? Or could you write something like that? So, and usually it'll be like, there'll be like a collection of words. Right, uh, is that how it works? And then okay. you just kind of walk around that. Yeah, and, so, and a lot of the time they don't actually tell you what it's for. I mean, it could be for a Disney movie or it can be for, you know, it can be for an advert. And I've, I've a few things placed in different adverts and, and films and stuff like that, but it is very vague. But if I'm writing for myself, it's a very different thing and it can take it can take a lot longer. You know, okay. I think sometimes sometimes working with a bit of pressure is good, you know, to have like something to say, okay, well, here's the brief. We, we need this, 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 and this. Yeah, deadlines are good. You know, I mean, I, I, I enjoy a deadline, you know. <laughs> you know, some people kind of <laughs> don't, but I, I do enjoy a deadline because otherwise, otherwise I just get kind of kind of lazy, you know what I mean? So I think when I'm, I'm recording my, my album at the moment, so or I'm demoing my yeah. album at the moment, um, and then I'll be recording it hopefully later in, uh, in a couple of months, oh, few weeks hopefully but it's easy to get lazy on that because you just kind of oh it's you know it's mine and i can you know i can do it whenever but I'm trying to write to deadlines now yeah uh-huh. well that's it and it's not you, you gotta you gotta just get on it so i'm kind of just at the moment i'm just like really trying to uh work to deadlines i'm trying to work like i'm working from like you know if someone sends me a brief or something like that yes. so it's good i mean i've, I've written I've, I've recorded five five tracks on that i'm really happy with at the moment so Brilliant. so we'll see we'll see what happens that's you know, exciting. So. so the the relationship that you have in terms of Ronan Keaton and touring with him, how did that come about? Well, that uh, that kind of came about basically because I was doing once, and he 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 was kind of st- he was playing the lead in once, mm-hmm. uh, and I was playing like a, I was understudy I was understudying him in the West End version of once. Mm-hmm. Well, well, basically how it came about is I think I think I had put a song up on Twitter or something like that, like one of my songs, and, and he saw it and he went, oh man, I didn't realise you were a, you know, you're a songwriter. And I says, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. He says, oh, you know, I really like that song, you know, you, you put online. He says, you want to do some writing? I says, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, I'd love to. And so we just started writing in the dressing room. So I'd go down to his dressing room or he'd come up to mine and we'd just start writing. For, and we were doing that for like a few weeks. And then I think I finished the show, went to Thailand, as you do, for a couple of months. Um, <laughs> I was traveling about Thailand and, and I got a phone call from him just saying, look, man, when you come back, the studio is booked. You know, what time you come back? Says, you know, whenever I was coming back, he booked mm-hmm. the studio, went in. We record- that day we recorded with a guy called Peter Vitesse, who I just finished another track with actually a couple of days ago. We'd done four songs, four songs on his, on, on his album. So, and then we just had that really, after that, it was just like, he just says, look, there's a, there's a slot opened up in the band. Do you want to come touring? And that was it. So awesome. he's, a, he's, he's, he's more like a, he's more like a pal than a, then you know it's technically my boss if you know what I mean now because yeah. I'm in the band but but um but he's always been more he's, he's just always been more like a pal you know and he's he's, he's a great great guy so it's yeah it's that brilliant basically. I mean you just like it's like right time right place but obviously the talent that you've got to be able to songwrite that just opens up another realm to to forge that yeah and it happens to be kind of and yeah, I mean, it happens to be kind of in his style as well. That's, so, what what would you say your you style know, is? I just like songs. You know, I like good songs. You know, at the moment, like the past few years, it's been hard, very hard for me as a proper songwriter. I don't mean proper, but what I mean by that is writing proper songs with melodies and you know, mm-hmm. and uh, real trying to have some sort of meaning in, involved in it. You know, yeah. There's a lot of sort of kind of vacuous music floating around, you know, and and a lot of electronic stuff that I enjoy to a certain extent, but. You know, I, I like real instruments. I like real instruments and real musicianship and stuff. So, 
so that's the kind of style. He comes from that real kind of country singer songwriter type type style. You think about songs like when you say nothing at all, and you know all, all those early stuff. I mean, they are they are really they're country songs essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, the country pop, good good country pop, and it's and his he's done it with his voice and his unique style. You know, so absolutely. Um, so that's what I love. I just love good songs, and every time I try and branch out and do something else, it just sounds mince. So you know. <laughs> You've got to try, though, aren't you? <laughs> to remind yourself of, like, you just think yeah. what you know. <laughs> well, that's what my publisher keeps saying. He says, look, we have guys that are really good at this this, this stuff. Like, just stick to yeah, what I you mind. do, man. and it'll, it'll come good at some point. Just stick to what you do. I know, oh, shit, I just want to write a rap song, you know? Like, you know, <laughs> just once in my life. It's good for the creative juices to flow. <laughs> I know, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but you were in a musical before once, Backbeat. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did backbeat. Uh, I did that on and off for like three years, uh, three or four years actually, on and off. We did. Which is that West connection End. to your your dad and his love and his love of the Beatles. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, well, that was that was actually when, so when I was in drama school in London, um, I had I had an agent up here at the time, and he basically kind of called me and says, "Look, this this thing's come up," and it was actually the first incarnation of backbeat was in the Citizens Theatre in Glasgow. Yeah. So it came with the sits. It came with the sits first, which was really strange to come go to London and come back to Glasgow out of all places I could have went. Totally. Um, but we did did that, uh, and then they were like, "Okay, it's not getting picked up for the West End transfer." So I forgot about it for like a year. Mm-hmm. It just never got picked up. It was like it had problems with the script, and it was it needed rewritten basically because the guy a guy called Ian Softly, um, who was he he wrote the film. Great, great film, but for the stage, it, it never really worked. It needed flick, kind of fleshed out. So, that, so unbeknown to us, a guy, a uh, very famous writer, uh, Stephen Jeffries, who wrote The Libertine and, and a few other big kind of plays, mm. um, who pa- sadly he sadly passed away now. Actually, Stephen, um, he he rewrote the script basically. So then it got picked up for the West End, and this was like a year and a half, a year and a half after that. Went to the West End, did pretty well. Not as well as it probably could have done, <laughs> but uh, and then it went to then it went to Toronto, then LA, and so wow, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a mad one. It was a it was a proper rock and roll show as well. It was like it was uh, loud, and you know <laughs> the weird people leave. We'd literally people like you know like your standard sort of oh darling, we're going to the West End on the weekend, darling. You know, they're just like they were walking out like like this, you know. It's like a rock, it's like a rock and roll concert. Absolutely, it was a proper assault on the ears for sure. <laughs> but it was a great, it was great to be involved in that. It was, it was amazing, rock and roll to say the least. So you were saying that um, there's still things that are kind of on your list of to do in terms of acting, and is there anything specific? Do you have like a, a wish list? Uh, do you know what? Not, I, I can't really think of anything. I mean, there's a couple of things I, I would, I think that I would quite enjoy, like something mm-hmm. like I actually got a. I had to do a self tape for Sunny Afternoon recently, and I think I'd, I think I quite enjoy that. It's still that stand up and sing a song type musical vibe, but I don't have you know anything against at all. And it's a real rock and roll yeah. show that as well. Mm. Um, I wouldn't. I think I'd enjoy that. But again, it's one of those things that has been created. You know, I like I like to create stuff for the yes. ground up. You know, and I think that's and that's that's for me is you know I like original casts of things because there's something in that that mm. you have some sort some sort of ownership of it you know if if you i've done you know once was a, a perfect example of that in the west end it was that was already a success and when it becomes a commercial success the producer they don't want you to deviate off the off yeah. the path of, of of what they think or what yeah. they think works no, don't, don't but by, 
Yeah, but but also by doing that, in a sense, they suck the soul out of it as well. You know, and that that's the problem, especially with something like Once. And it's not just Once, it's every show. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's wicked, it's it's, it's lemas. You know, you look at all the original cast of those shows, and these guys are real rock and rollers, man, and they're really feeling it. You know, they're, real, they're there, they're committed. Totally. You know, if you look at some of the, you know, some of the, the, the shows now, they're, they're devoid of any real emotion for me. I mean, the emotion's still there because it's, but it's a trick emotion. It's not a real, it's not really going on. It's just, they trick you into it a little bit because it's yeah. so formulaic and it's so, yeah. and it's real. And if you feel it and it's great, fine. But but I think there's some there's an extra layer that you know when you when you've created something and when you've been involved in it and you know and you don't just cast the the person who is is the handsome you know leading man or the gorgeous six foot whoever because they are that you, you cast someone who's, who really feels it. So that's it has to and there's not many shows like that anymore to be honest. Not unless you create it yourself. So is that something you would maybe do? Write a musical? Maybe, maybe. But I've been talking about this. The musical director of, um, uh, musical supervisor yeah. of that one stair, a guy called Ben Goddard, who's, and he's just a pro, he's old school, amazing, uh, talented guy, a, a real kind of mentor mm-hmm. of mine, actually. You know, and he, he just takes no prisoners, but he's just, he's, he's just everyone respects him. You know, he's, he says it like it is, but you totally respect him. Mm-hmm. We were talking about doing, Doing, doing a project and um, it sounds really interesting to me. So, so we're, I think we're going to talk about it in the next few weeks, hopefully, and, and see if it's something that's doable. And talking about you were saying about uh, mentors, are there particular people that you over the years have been inspired by or go to for kind of oh, mentoring as such? Yeah, and it wouldn't, you know, I've had just some really, I've been very, very lucky. People like Stephen Jeffries, who who passed away recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I had the opportunity. I, I did a, a a kind of tribute to his life. I was part of that at the the Royal Court in London oh, recently. Wow. Um, it was only a few months ago. It was it was uh, really really special, you know. And, and lo- lots of people who, who you know who paid tribute to his life. And, you know, it was such a lovely lovely night. So Stephen was great. He was he was great. Um, guys like David Laveau, who's a, you know a theatre director, and um, get the guy Paul Paul Stacey, who is a uh, very famous jazz musician and uh, musician and producer all around. He's played with Tom Jones and produced. He produced actually produced all the high flying bird stuff. You know, with, oh, um, yeah. So uh, he's not produced all that, but he produced a lot of that. So he's 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 been a big mentor to me. Um, Peter Vitesse, who who I wrote a lot of stuff from Ronan's album with. Yeah, there's been there's been there's been too, probably too many to count over the years. I've, I've been very very lucky to work with some of these people. You know, and you know, it's always that imposter sy- syndrome I've got though. You know, I'm always like, what, what, what yeah. am I doing here? You know, um, oh my god, get... I am plagued by that. It's one of those it's things. Funny, why do we do I that? Can't so... shake off. I just can't. It doesn't matter how many times the people around you tell you you're supposed to be here. <laughs> you're supposed to be doing this. Clearly, it's mental, isn't it? I think, like being from like near Glasgow, the west coast, like there's something, there's something in it that. You have that thing where you don't feel like you deserve it, or you feel like if you, if you, you know, because it's that thing. If if you enjoy it, or you are you are you say, oh I did this or I did that, people think you you've, you've got a big head, or yeah. you know, it's that that mentality of who do you, who do you think he is or or yeah. whatever, you know, and and that's drilled into you, I think, from a very a young mm-hmm. age, because and there is a and there is a fine line between showing off and arrogance and and being confident and and sure of what you do, and and, and I think most people. You know, especially where we're from, like they don't know how to navigate that line, and they don't know how to tell the difference yeah. of 
you know, I think, and that, that all comes from insecurity as well. You know, that comes from not really knowing yourself very well. And again, social um, conditioning, you know, and it's, so the same, it's the same in uh, different places. And I think it probably stems from some sort of religious uh, thing, but now not so much. It's just, it's part of the culture, you know, so. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a weird one. It's a strange one. I know, and the thing is, like, sharing stuff online, when I share the stuff that I've done with the podcast or what I'm doing with my dance troupe, it's because the experience of being, I mean, it's quite ironic just now, but the experience of sharing that with other people, being creative with other people, you've got such a buzz and energy about this thing that you've done with other people that exactly. you just, it's not about, like, look how wonderful I am. It's just like, oh, I had this amazing experience. Look at these amazing people I'm working with. And then... You know, when you look back, you're like, oh, God, does that look like I'm just like, oh, check her, what's she up to now? You know, and you're like, it's just because the experience that you've had has been so wonderful and you've been so moved or inspired or you just think that was so much fun or, you know, that it's not bragging. It's just that you want to share something that you totally love and you feel so lucky to be doing it, essentially. I know. And it's the funny thing is it's like, I think people know the difference as well. Really, people know the difference between when you're, putting something out to say look at you know look at me look how great great i am and i do have that as well sometimes because because again it's a fine line and, you, and we're always trying to sort of navigate that line of of self-promotion but also like when i'm doing my music and stuff i'm doing these these gigs like every friday and, and you know as it I think you've so to see a couple Love of songs it. and stuff. So, so I'm like, so I'm doing these things, and it's that, that it's just, and I've not got like I've got all the great gear. It's none of that set up. It's just a phone. It's just yeah. a casual thing, and and I think like it's just trying to give something back, you know, and trying to share something with with people that, and I think it's important, you know, it's really really important, and and that's one thing, you know, I was going on about once earlier, like I didn't really enjoy it as much, but what got me through it. In terms of because I, personally, I'd, I'd done it so much, you know, and it's like I did it in the West End for two two years, played the part finally, and then coming back to do it, it did, you know, from being totally honest, it was it was difficult at times, but what got yeah. me through it was seeing how moved people were by the the show, you know, and when I get my ego out of the way of that and told just to, like told the story, like seeing how like people were just in t- floods of tears, grown men. In their fifties, yeah. you know, sixties, what, seven, whatever, what in floods of tears, you know, and it was, and it was amazing to see that. It's the power of music and theatre, isn't it? Yeah, the the power of, and also the power of like connection as well. Like, and I think once this is all over, all this, all this isolation stuff, hopefully, uh, I just hope that people will value that stuff a lot more yeah. because it's, uh, you know, it's 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 just, I think we we're going through like a time of of everything was so readily available you know and 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 you would never really invest the time like and just like spending time to uh enjoy something or enjoying a moment or enjoying a you know a band or because it's oh i can see them anytime or i can do that or i can i can see that online or i can you know it's a bit like you know the way albums used to be you used to get an album it was like you had like all the all the all the stuff with it and it was like you had a poster and you had all the stuff about the band and these band, and you would really invest in it now it's just like click 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 you know like i can I've get anything my, i want I've really quick finals there from when i was we like just the michael jackson albums and like brian i was like i was a massive brian adams fan oh really <laughs> oh I, I was going to marry brian adams really yeah it just didn't know it just didn't know it <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I love. I, I'm a massive Ryan Adams fan as well. Actually, in fact, Ronan's my mom actually, he's actually mates him. Of course, he is. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's, 
That's me, sorry, drop that name that way. I know, check you. Um, <laughs> check you, drop names. Check you, are eh? <laughs> <laughs> He's changed. I know, I know. <laughs> but one of the songs was, one of the songs that Ronan did was, uh, The Way You Make Me Feel. You know, The Way You Make Me Feel? Yes. Uh, that's a Brian. That's a Brian Adams song. Uh, he wrote it. I don't know if it's a Brian Adams song, but he definitely wrote it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, my, uh, my mum. Um, fun fact: my mum invited Brian Adams to my 18th party at the Derby Inn in Belsill. Really? Yes. And he I take it, it, it turned um, up. No? So he broke his arm. He fell off his motorbike. But I think he totally would have came if that hadn't have happened. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see him live? Uh, yeah, because I saw him in Edinburgh at the Playhouse. Managed to get a plectrum from stage door. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. Right. Um, yeah, just like that. God. You know, you're studying the cover of, like you're saying, like a CD, like an album or like vinyls when I was younger. I just looked at them constantly. Like I knew every inch of it and the artwork and like you say, poster it came with it. And it's like a different time now, isn't it? Everything's like online and digital. Yeah, and everything's so quick. You know, it's like, you know, the the investment of our time is is really important. You know, and it, and it, you know, hopefully this will teach us that also we have to make time for things. You know, and we have to put time aside to to really connect with each other and um, like going to gigs. You know, going out to gigs and going out to and you know, I, I do see a lot of stuff now. That even if you, well, I was back in Glasgow for a wee while and I wasn't I wasn't enjoying it to be honest because <laughs> I, I, it changed so much. In terms yeah. of, I mean, I still enjoy it to a certain extent, but it's really changed for me. It's not the mm-hmm. same. I mean, I've changed a lot as well. Do you know what I mean? So, but one thing I found when I was in Liverpool is that the, the live music scene is still very much alive. Like, if you go out like seven that? days a week in Liverpool, there's stuff bouncing. It's bouncing. You know, it's like that's one thing in Glasgow. It's, it's not as bouncing for me anymore. I remember it, but oh. it was just so much. On the weekend, it's still a bit mad, but it's not. Yeah. It doesn't have that like thing that it used to ha- have yeah. for, for me i mean maybe i'm just going to the wrong places but i did go go out quite a bit and, and i just felt like there was something that changed or something maybe it is the music thing you know i don't know i think it might very well be i mean i remember growing up like my dad used to run a jam session in the pub like once once a month and just any musicians could come and play and i would just go every sunday you know it was on it was just the best thing ever just all types of music yeah. just all sorts of characters <laughs> yeah yeah it was such an experience do you know what I mean to hear all these people play and meet all these people from all walks of life doing their thing and just getting totally into the music yeah like don't get me wrong I, I still had some great nights out in Glasgow as well but I just remember it being just totally alive you know what I mean like mm. maybe don't get me wrong that could have just been my experience at that time um Liverpool I was in Liverpool we did we did the Liverpool Empire and when we were touring once and it was just like I can't even disc- like it was just mad you know what I mean it was like and it, that's what that's what I remember Glasgow being I don't remember like Glasgow it seems like there's a lot more sort of wine bars and kind of put it's like I, I don't know what it is like they've, they've, they've killed a lot of the the old school places you know that those mm. and maybe that was for the maybe that's for the better we, we need to keep moving you know um yeah, there's something about those bars, old bars like the two ways and stuff where they used to film Ramsey Nesbitt and those old school places. Like I don't I don't know if maybe I'm just not in the right place, but it seems to me that there's not as many. You know, there's yeah. you know, and you used to see people with just acoustic guitars and, and things happen all the time. And I was in Shawlands like not too long ago and there was like uh you know, there was something on I think the granary or whatever, and there was a bit 
five people in, you know, and there was this, this girl and a guy singing on guitar and they were brilliant. There was only about five or six people in. I was going, I mean, maybe everyone's just skint, you know what I mean? Maybe. <laughs> the same maybe. But, but now just, we're all hankering so, after that now. Now we're all like, we should have appreciated that's what I mean. that. So hopefully, yeah, so hopefully, when we come out of this, it'll be party central with the guitars. I hope so. I hope so. And that's not I mean, that's I mean, not necessarily just drinking central. That's yeah. No, no, no. Totally. It's just getting together and making making a nice sound, isn't it? Aye, exactly. <laughs> I bet people will be doing What's that it? in the house at the moment, just driving driving True. the neighbours mad. <laughs> it's mental. But hopefully, as 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 you said, like you know, hopefully this will um, it bring us closer. You know, yes, um, and that's what I was saying the other day there. Um, to somebody about Hugmany, like people say, Oh, Hugmany is not the same anymore. Like, you used to go down to people's houses and like be you know their first footing and like get the guitars out and stuff, and that doesn't really happen now. And I'm like, See, this year, how amazing would it be if everybody was like just all the doors were open and you were going to visit your neighbors and getting the guitars out? And like, that's what we need to be doing this Hugmany, definitely. It, it does remind you, doesn't it? That- you know, and actually, you know, with all this Brexit stuff and all, all the all the kind of the, the politics of uh, separating people and and all that, you know, you realise that everyone is really just the same. You know, something like a pandemic is kind of there to remind you that it doesn't matter what country you're in or race you are or or whatever. We can all be we can all be affected by this, you know, and we can all be you know in serious trouble if we if we don't work together, you know. And it's it's so true. it's uh, I actually just wrote another song with with Pete. Vitesse kind of about that whole situation. I'll, I'll send you that song. Actually, it's not it's not out yet, but but it's called Stand Together, and it's like it's it's kind of about it's kind of about that. It's just about that whole thing of just doesn't matter what who you are or what as I say, whatever you are. It's just yeah, it reminds us. It's obviously a terrible thing, and there's people there's people dying from it. I mean, you can can't forget that either. It's not all, no. but I just I think it's always good to look at the positives of even of the worst of situations, you know. So yeah, and for your um, personal experience of it to be you know of service to others or like a moment of reflection or a chance to be creative and if you can't be serviced to other people or you know you're not frontline workers or whatever then at least take that time like you are to do something productive yeah exactly i mean the thing is that we all can't go out at the moment so it's you know i can't even express the amount of gratitude i've got for people who are having to be out there and, and put their lives at risk and it's it's unbelievable I mean that it's pro- properly um, heartwarming. How's the album coming along? It's good. It's good. It's like as I say, there's about five songs done at the moment, but it's it's kind of it's it's been a long time coming because every time I've I've, I've tried to do an album about three times, and every time I've tried to do it, something just kind of came up or whatever. So my my basically my main thing about once and one of the main reasons for doing it was because like it was paying so well, so I was going to spend a lot of money getting this getting this album done mm-hmm. for me just just for just for something to have and then i was going to put it out there but obviously a few weeks into the show you know it gets stopped and the money stops and and all the rest of it so it's kind of so i just put a little kickstarter and um, gofundme thing up there so pete and it's raised it's already raised uh a, a third of of my goal so i mean i've cut costs because it was it was going to, i mean it was going to it was going to cost a lot more than of the goal was to actually do the album but um, I'm just I've got all the equipment here to do vocals so I don't need to do that in a studio I don't need studio time for that mm-hmm. um, guitars I can do I can do here so so the main the main thing is paying other musicians like I've got uh, a great like all Ronan's band are playing on it basically 
Yeah. Uh, so, cool. so yes, so it's amazing. So they're so they're doing like Liam Liam Bradley, who's like Van Morrison's drummer as well. He he's doing um he's doing the drums. I've got Keith Duffy that plays bass for the cores, and so he's playing he's playing on it. So I've got some good personnel on it. So the money's really just to just to kind of give those guys a little bit a bit of dough just for for helping me out in that and um yeah. and mi- and mixing as well. I've got a, a really good guy um who I want to mix it. So yeah, so hopefully, I mean my my idea that's going to be out in the thirtieth of May. So at the moment, that's looking cool. good. Um, I, I may have to put nice. it back a little bit, depend depending uh-huh. on what happens. But because the things I want, what I want to do is get it manufactured and out as well. So I wanted to do like maybe like five hundred copies of the the album, mm-hmm. and then the rest I was just going to put. There's a limited run of the actual CD, and then I was going to put the rest just on Spotify or whatever. So I don't know how that's going to go because I don't know if there's any manufacturing. CD plants open at the moment, so it's so I might have to put that release back slightly, but but yeah. it's going to be done. It'll be on, it'll be on Spotify by the thirtieth of May. Fingers fingers and toes crossed. But that's so yeah. cool that you've got that in the works. So brilliant! And I saw you put on the other day there asking people what you should call it. Have you got any suggestions? Let me know because mm. I've had some. I've had some hilarious. I've actually hilarious ones as well. So um, <laughs> I know I saw some of the suggestions. A lot of stuff like, to do with once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff to do with once. So I was like twice. I've got like twice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Once I, again, I, I will absolutely keep everything crossed for you that that all comes good in terms of your plan for it and the Die. dates and stuff. Yeah, I mean, as I say, fingers crossed. It's 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 going to be something that I'm going to be quite proud of, and you know, I, mm. I've been meaning to do this for years and years. So, what what better time to do it when I'm locked down in Bucharest? That's a good name for the album, isn't it? Locked locked down in Bucharest. Done. <laughs> Boom, <been> done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan on the podcast I started um, initially it was a blog right so I would interview the person and then write it up as a kind of magazine interview type thing and I yeah, yeah. would always ask them kind of random questions at the end just to get to know them better and then when I started <laughs> just prefacing this and uh, right. so then when I started doing the podcast um, I was like I think we should continue that because it's a good laugh and yeah yeah I was like, what do I call it? So I just called it the thingamabobs because that's what you call stuff that you can't mind the name of, right? That's my gran right there, yeah. <laughs> thingamabobins. Thingamabobs, yeah. So I have got like a list of like 70 odds that I keep adding to. I'm not going to ask you 70 questions, don't worry. Um, I've just selected some for you today. Cool, nice. Yeah. Do you call it roasted cheese or toasted cheese? Toasted. Do you? Toasted cheese. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, are, are, you a, are you more of a roaster? Or? I, I call it a well, I, um <laughs> I call it roasted cheese, and folk have this like total. Why do you call it roasted? It's not under the. I'm like, don't even start. It's roasted cheese to me. But I will take your answer, toasted cheese. I like no roasted. I like roasted. I do like roasted cheese. It definitely sounds more more of a Scottish thing. It does, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> what the, I, 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 I would actually probably call it cheese, just. Cheese on cheese toast. And toast. Exactly. A, a, a three prong crust question there. <laughs> cool. I, I thought I'd give you an easy one to start with, right? Nice. <laughs> right, What's next? What's one? next? Best song lyric ever. Happiness is a warm gun. It's the Beatles. So I always love that. Happiness is a warm gun. And we get treated to the vocals as well. I'm loving this. <laughs> I don't know if it's treated, but. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Well, you were right on the money. It's like as if I'd told you the questions in advance, which I definitely didn't. It just it just popped into my head. Happiness, a warm gun. What a line. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Definitely a night owl. Although, I do like mornings as well. 
I can hardly ever get up in the morning, but if if I do and when I do, I always enjoy it. But mm. definitely a night owl for sure. In terms of like creativity, like writing and stuff, would that be more of a nighttime activity? That's probably like an afternoon activity. <laughs> nighttime. I'm trying to calm down now, but nighttime historically has been, uh, yeah, been the right time. If you know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've had some crazy nights. Used, used to. <laughs> Getting sensible in your old age, eye. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I still have my moments, but I'm, I'm trying. Don't grow up. It's a trap. I know. I know. It's the lure of the night. What's a kind of on-brand story of you when you were wee that your family re- retell? Is there something you did when you were wee that your mommy always goes on about, or your dad? <laughs> uh, oh man. So I used to. So I used to like, like if I. I was very good at like breaking stuff and then putting it back or thinking I was putting it back. And my mom, I remember my mum had these these wire coat hangers. So uh, I remember like I'd bent all these coat hangers out of shape when I was when I was wee. And then she was like she went oh she went, my, you know, my coat hangers, what, what have you done? And I was like, I was upset and I came back and I'd like I'd I'd put them back, you know, what I thought they the way they should be, and it was still yeah. like this and I said, like, Mom, back to not this is back to normal. So my mum every time, so, so every time like something's like completely mangled, and I'll go, and then she's like, "Oh, back to normal," you know. <laughs> um, can you handle two more? Yeah, go on. Who would you most like to duet with? Ooh, uh, that's God. That's that's a hard one. Do you know what I'd love to 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 do? I would love to sing with um, there was a, the girl who played the girl in once. Like mm-hmm. I always like, she was the first one that I saw, that I saw do it, and she I just adored her character and her voice, and so probably Zrinka Zrinka Vitishits, her name is. She's a cr- very amazing uh, Croatian actress mm-hmm. and singer. So I'd love to have done. In fact, I'd love to have done that. You know, once with her, once it would have been nice. Once. I never got <laughs> to do it. She left the show before I before I, I understudied it. But yeah, if I could sing if I sing with her, that that would have been that would have been incredible. Maybe maybe one day. You never know. Maybe one day. And my last question that I ask everybody on the podcast is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Uh, rude or not so rude? <laughs> well, you see, when I started the podcast, I didn't put the wee explicit sign on, so everybody was well warned. But now I've had right. all sorts. So I'm like, I now just right, put yeah. contain strong language and we seem to be all right. See, I was, I was, I was weird because I swear like a trooper. So I was just like, I was, I've, I've been quite well behaved this podcast. But you have been well um, behaved. You wouldn't have known. I know, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So maybe somewhat a lot of chewing the fat stuff. I, I, I like. I quite like your rocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fun, fun fact. I used to be a rocket for the Rocks basketball team. So we were called the Rocket, oh, the nice. Rockets, and uh, my husband called us the Rockets. Bought your rocket. That's a good one. No one said that. Yeah, rocket. Yeah, rocket. <laughs> I like it. I quite like mock it as well. Mock it. Ah, mock it. Mock it's good. <laughs> there's a few. There's a few good ones, isn't there? Uh, there is. What's what? What have, what? What have people said there? Yeah, um, we've had bogging. We've had howfing. Howfing. Minging. We've had <laughs> a couple of rude ones that I'll not repeat. Although I did turn one into yeah. more of a positive one, which is that. All my guests are now bra bags. Bra bags. I like that. Yeah. I'll be a bra bag. No problem. Are, oh, yeah. You are Absolutely. a bra bag. You are. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag hashtag bra bag. It's a thing now. I've made it a hashtag. 
<laughs> and as soon That's as good. we get out, That's good. well, as soon as we get out of isolation, there'll be a badge winging its way to you saying, "I am a bra bag." <laughs> That's cool. Man. Thank you so much for doing this. No, no worries. No worries. No, it's, it's been great. It's been great. To, yeah, you too, man. No, it's great. As, as I say, I've been following the podcast as well. And, and it's, you know, in fact, you done it with Tom Urey as well, didn't you? I haven't. And I've met Tom before, but I haven't done it with Tom. I'd like to. He's, 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 a, he's a really, really decent, decent human being as well. He's, he's, he's a mentor. I should have put Tom in there, actually. Tom has been a big mentor to me as well over the years, you know. So He's an amazing pianist he's as well, eh? Oh, unbelievable. Great singer as well. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a great, amazing singer, great, great musician all round. He's actually not bad at guitar as well. Mm. In fact, we met when I was doing because I did River City as well. Did you? Uh, yeah, I did. I think it was it was that time in River City where they were kind of just transitioning to like a more of like a kind of cop show type thing. So they kind of changed the format of it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so my characters get sort of inadvertently sort of written out of that whole that whole thing but i was with tom tom and claire and it was like a kind of serrano de bergerac type storyline so again i was playing a musician i was playing a musician in it but um but i've known tom for years because i did did the camden bar show with tom and chewing the fat and all that stuff as well so love that so yeah love that aye so i was played a lot of wee characters in that when i was when i was young so (laughs) i need to go now fish all these out on the internet and have a wee dan healy (laughs) I, ga- I guarantee. I guarantee you'll have seen it. I guarantee you'll have seen it. <laughs> know you know the one. Um, it's the one with. Uh, I, I did the. I was the guy with the stoner and chewing the fat. You know the, the stoner. Is that you? <laughs> Shut the Yeah, yeah. So that was me. Uh, what else did I do? I can the can the that. Can <laughs> I know. Well, I, I keep that. I don't. I don't usually. I in fact, say, that's not in your curriculum, VT online, by the way. No, no. I, I'm sort of distance myself with that now. Now. I've, no, I really royally screwed myself now, but yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, and also the Camden Bar show with the three generations of women they come to the door and they're like, oh, "Who's this young boy, Chantel?" And his have you seen that one online? You've probably seen it online. It's like floating about everywhere. Oh my <laughs> so god, that's amazing! It's a virus went viral. I'm like, Jesus! Everyone keeps sending me. I'm like, Jesus Christ! I can't believe that show. That's but not as knocking off. So, hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, well. This all led you to where you are now, Dan Healy, so can't be dissing it. Exactly. (laughs) No, definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this. It's been a total pleasure to chat with you, and I'm greatly greatly appreciate your patience when uh, I didn't plug in the charger. (laughs) No worries. No worries. Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, all the best for the album i'll be patiently waiting to hear all the wonderful tracks that you're going to be putting on there no i wish you all the best with it and uh, i mean i know we're not doing this in real in real life irl and all that but um your energy definitely comes through so thank you so much thanks thanks lisa and it's been a, it's a pleasure as well i just wish you all the best with the podcast and i uh, stay safe and i'll, I'll, I'll maybe see, see when i get back to glasgow at some point yes let's do it Let's make it happen. We'll get the guitars out and you can nice. teach me an, you can teach me another chord. That'll be me have learned five oh, chords. Definitely. <laughs> well, actually, the Rolling Stones only use three, so.
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.